Hello and welcome to In Theory, the podcast where we usually uncover the most blind-blowing scholarly theories to help us make sense of the world. I'm Naran Khan. And I'm Maria Sachiko Sasseri. This time, we're taking a break from the theory for our regular mid-season gab. Yay! It's one of my favorite things to do with you. Me too! And since this episode falls right at the start of 2017, uh, we're going to talk about taking stock of the old year. Ahem, Naran, you're so good at that kind of thing. Um, and setting New Year's resolutions for the year ahead. Well, I love getting to the end of the year from both our quantified self episodes and the ones on self-help. You know I love measuring progress, like my <laughs> own progress every year. Um, and I kind of only trust it if it's measurable. So I can't be like, oh, like, I feel good at the end of the year. Like, I did a good job this year. It has to be like, in what ways? And how else can I show that? So one of my favorite things to do come December is do a little, I like try to count up things for myself. So I'm like, how many trips did I go on? How many new really good friends did I make? what things I do that I was really proud of, what new restaurants did I try? That's like one of my favorite ones. Like what what are my new favorite places to eat? Oh my God, this is so good. It's super dorky. So I also do keep track of like, what are the things this year that like were not so great? And I just have like a little mini list of that for myself. And I like to I like to do some of that with my partner too. So like we try to do joint things too. But I will say like at the end of this year I was just like I can't even believe I've survived 2016. Like I don't even understand how all this stuff happened and just the range and the travel and the this and the that. And I know you were like so busy this year too. Um but if I do like the quantifiable thing multiple years like you can actually be like I felt like I traveled more this year, but did I really? And then I can show it. So wow, that's a skinny on what I do at the end of every year. That's so cool. So first of all, I, I mean, it sounds like what you like about it is that it really helps you to see how much you've done. Although this year, it sounds like you did so much that it confirmed my suspicion that you are truly <laughs> superhuman. But did you find that there are any like drawbacks of doing this? Anything that you didn't love about it? Well, if you liked, if you're the kind of person that likes to pack away pain and like never look at it again, I would not recommend including metrics on things that are not positive. Mm. So like, you know, just like blips or things that weren't so great. Right. I like to do it just to keep myself honest, but definitely do not do that if you're like an onwards and upwards kind of person. Fair. Fair. So what lessons did you learn from looking at 2016 in review? Um, I need to distribute my travel. Like I need to not do it back to back to back to back. Mm. Um, I need to build in cushion both for work and for play. What do you mean by cushion? Like time? Time. Yeah. Like a lot of times I'll schedule things and if ev- if nothing changes or there's no surprises, like everything would be really great. But I think you should count on surprises. And I always say that, but I, I really do need to like meaningfully stick to that. Um, I need to not staycation necessarily. Like, I, it's good for me to get away, I think. Mm-hmm. But I really, other than like the state of the world, I feel pretty positive about um, 2016 for me personally. I mean, you had an amazing year. You know, this was the first full year, your new job. Yes, true fact. 
My little brother and sister come to my holiday party every year. I have a like a, I have a party on New Year's Day, and they every year like coming because they officially take stock at the party. Mm. A lot of times with like repeat player friends, like like friends of mine that they see every year at this party. <laughs> and they're like they're like they check in once a year and like hold themselves accountable because these are the only people that all their facts about them only relate to the previous year so they have a true like neutral party (laughs) that is so good yeah I was gonna say like I don't I definitely don't do this like kind of quantified or broken down formal approach to my overview of the year but you know this is the time of year when I'm always traveling a lot like on the road with my partner we're in the car for long hours you know my family's down on Long Island and his is up uh, in Montreal so we're like always like you know shuttling between these and these long car rides in the snow and we usually use that time to think back about where did we go? What did we do? What are the big things that happened? And so it's a lot more informal, but I think it's nice because it kind of forces you to have some quiet time to just look back and think about how much you've achieved and what you've overcome and those kinds of things. So, you know, it's affirming. Usually I'm not so much one of the people who quantifies or goes through, you know, all of the, the negatives, but there are a couple of years where we had some really big setbacks and it was a good time to kind of talk about it and what that led to, what kind of changes we made in our lives because of that. Well, I mean, numbers don't reveal everything either. And I think um, there's something really important about the other side of that, which is unpacking and deriving meaning from reflections and takeaways. And you you don't really do that with numbers. And then the other thing mm-hmm. I like about that is that it's with a partner and like a, tr- you know, kind of a trusted thought partner party mm-hmm. in this. Like it's not a solitary endeavor. And so I could actually see how that might be more meaningful in the long term. Well, I think maybe it just depends on the kind of the kind of way Style. you like to take stock. So, <laughs> so if you were going to suggest to other people if they want to do the Narancon method, which sounds amazing, how would they do it? Like practically, what what do they do? Well, I'd say if you do a lot of holiday travel, do it during some downtime during travel. Keep and then keep like a like a note either handwritten or in your phone that you keep adding to because there're going to be things that you forget. So like get started and then like be okay with amending a little bit as you have more knowledge. I think my calendar really helps me. If you're a really calendar-driven person, you can you can figure stuff out and remind yourself based on that. Also, Instagram really helped me figure out like where I was this year, <laughs> so I pre- appreciated that. And then OPMs, other people's meetings. Other people's meetings are the best in my life, which is I'm not the leader. I'm just a participant. I'm kind of like, I wouldn't call it phoning it in, but I'm physically present and mentally available. And in other people's meetings, I take the best personal notes. So that's another time. December OPMs for me. Like at work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. We all have those things where we have to go to them and it's like, this is not relevant to me, but I'm just showing support with my physical body in the room. Literally. So the end of the year or the beginning of a new year is a great time to take stock of everything that you did in the past year. Um, And maybe you want to do it in a cool, quantified, broken down way like Naran suggests. Or maybe it's just like a conversation with someone that you care about or a neutral outsider. um, And just to kind of run through and, and pat yourself on the back for how much you've achieved. And that might help give you some context for thinking about what you would want to resolve for the new year. Let's watch the old year die with a fond goodbye and our hopes as high as a kite. How can our love go wrong if we 
start the new year right. All right, so New Year's resolutions. Um, turns out, according to the internet, uh, that people have been using the start of the new year as a time to set goals for themselves for a long time. Um, and the, the first... Uh, occasion I saw cropping up a lot was um, the ancient Babylonians over four millennia ago. Um, they set New Year's resolutions of a sort. They kind of like committed or recommitted themselves to their king and gods for the new harvest year festival. Um, and that actually took place in March. So for a long time, the new year was in March and it got moved to January during Roman times. But anyway, all that to say, we're not the first to want <laughs> to use the start of the year to set some resolutions. Ancient Romans also used the new year as a time for making oaths. Um, and once the new year got moved to January, as uh, Maria said, they made promises to Janus, the god of home and hearth. And various Christian and other religious traditions also use ritual times of year to renew the self and make new promises. But New Year's resolutions are now pretty secular, and uh, I guess not everyone does them, although everyone's talking about them around this time of the year. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I read that, like... Something like less than half of people actually make them. And it's, really? but it tends to be younger people that do. So that's kind of interesting. I wonder what that's about if we're going to stop eventually. I, I think, I think you just give up. I think you just know yourself better than to disappoint yourself. Or maybe you reach a state of perfection where you're like, I'm just going to keep doing this I greatness. I love that. <laughs> oh my God, that's totally it. <laughs> so do you have any good past New Year's resolutions that you remember like successfully completing? Yeah. I mean, one year I wanted to travel more and I straight up traveled more mm. and I didn't really have a ton of means to do that, but I kind of did it. And then, um, another time I just, I mean, these are like such trite goals, but like, you know, see more of your friends and mm. host more things. And I just did that. And I think that starting immediately and making a plan for it is, I think the way those two things got done. So that basically meant, like, I planned out who I was going to see when and where I was going to travel for both of those goals. Mm -hmm. How about you? Any favorite ones? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Like, I just don't remember, which is pretty bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I think the only one I can remember is the one we talked about, like, years ago because it was so insanely concrete, which was, like, find out what this mysterious building on top of a hill was. And... <laughs> That was the resolution. It was like, this year I'm going to find... And I didn't even find it out that year. It took me till the next year to find out that this, like, what looked like Sauron's tower on the top of a mountain was actually in no way a necromancer, but actually, like, a water tower, um, but, like, an old one. But it was cool. I mean, I found, when I found out, I was, like, I felt so proud of myself, like, I had achieved this huge thing. But, I mean, that's pretty um, insignificant. It's concrete. Yeah, but it's kind of insignificant compared to your, like, life you know, development choices. <laughs> Twice I had a New Year's goal to um, to find a new job. That's huge. In the coming year. That's huge. Yeah. But you, uh, you know, it very well could have not worked out. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I'm not stressed about it. I think I just stretched my stuff out over the year. And it's like some things are more long-term, like things I know I want to do in the next three years. Other things are things I know I want to do in the next few months. So it rarely coincides with like the start of the new year for me, you know? Because you're so put together, you're like, I don't need this arbitrary <laughs> marker of time to hinder or drive my 
desire for perfection. <laughs> Maybe. Or I just don't have innate. the willpower. I don't know. <laughs> it's fun, though. And I, I do think it's fun to talk about. That's, like, my favorite question at my New Year's Day party is to ask people what they're what they're thinking about for 2017. Oh, that's so fun. So you must have heard a bunch of good yeah. ones recently. It was just great to connect with other people on a human level. Yeah, for And sure. a lot of it was about politics, but that was good, too. Yeah. Well, it's a big year for making political resolutions, I can imagine. True fact. So, uh, Maria, can you tell us about your 2017 goals? Yeah, mine are very short and simple. Um, One is the age-old exercise. But for me, it's don't stop exercising for reasons that I will reveal in season four. Um, But, (laughs) yeah, it's it's basically to just keep up my um, physical motion. Because, you know, I am so much happier and, like, centered and life is better. But it always feels like there's a good reason not to do it. Um, So I think just having this little extra boost to remind myself that, you know, not only should I do it, but I promised myself I would do it, help get me off my butt and, you know, even just doing like 20 minutes of yoga app, which by the way, I'm like obsessed with this app down dog. Highly recommend you all. <laughs> and you never do the same routine twice. And anyway, so that's been helping me um, keep my new year's resolution. And one of our friends actually gave the really good idea of starting in December. And so I've tried to practice my new year's resolution starting in December so that by the time the new year begins, it's not like a huge deal. You just kind of carry on. Right. Yeah. I think I know this friend. Yes. yes. Genius person. <laughs> Um, And then the other one is also really simple. It's don't agonize. You know, (gasps) there's so many things that I want to do and so many things that are, I'm worried about, but just stressing and like tearing my hair out over it, it doesn't help anything. Um, And so just to have that little like phrase in my head, when I catch myself in a spiral of stress or thinking about things in ways that are not productive, just say don't agonize. And it reminds me that like, okay, yeah, like this is not not going to make it better. So either I can get up and do something that's going to make it better, or I could just change my mind and move on. Um, you know, if it's something that I can't really control. Oh, that's so great. Some of that kind of relates to some of the ones I'm excited about for 2017. Are you ready? Yes. I can't wait. I've kind of got a, um, a cheesy like tagline from a like mid to low range, like yoga studio thing happening, which is mind, body, (laughs) spirit. Which, so, like, mind, body, spirit is what's going to help me. And then one more thing. So, um, the the body is the same. I want to work out. I want to be healthier. And I think I have some plans in place. And I tried to keep it broad so I could not be accountable for it if I fail. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Spirit is faith rituals and practices like I just want to like I want to read Quran more regularly and I want to I want to make time to pursue like religious knowledge or reading like Mm -hmm. it's never something I prioritize so I think I'm going to use some subway time for that Mm -hmm. and then there's like the special Thursday night prayer that I really love and I like want to do that more frequently Um, And I actually think that that will help me with some other stuff, like not getting stressed and like just other things that I am working on. 
Mm-hmm. And then the mind thing specifically relates to procrastination. I think I have done a much better job than I ever have in my entire life working against my like natural inherent desire to never do something like when it is assigned. So um, I've, done, I've done better. But Narant. I can always do better. Narant. No, I have to work on my procrastination thing. My goal is to, as much as possible in 2017, like do things on the earlier end. And that's it. That's amazing. I mean, I will say, Naren, I don't, I don't think it counts as procrastination if you're doing so many other things that you just can't possibly get to the other thing until the last minute. I know. <laughs> I know. But like maybe that's just about like commitments and stuff. But like I have to deal with the end result which is panic, mm-hmm. uh, suboptimal performance due to time constraints, and doing extra work to make up for the fact that either it's late or the quality is low. I see what you're saying, but I, you know, we could talk about this some other time, but girl, I have to say, I know that you have very high standards for your work, which is good, and everyone should have very high standards for their work. But this is something I tell a lot of my girlfriends, especially in academia, is that for... You know, every extra hour you sit there agonizing over how to perfect your article or piece of work, there are like hundreds of self-satisfied white guys in button-down shirts who are proudly hitting send on their completed work, which is like of far <laughs> lower quality than yours. So I just, just want to throw that out there. There's also a, like a measure of diminishing returns to, to keep in mind. <laughs> I, 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 I love and appreciate that. And like, I need to hear that. I also think that there's something about the, bl- I mean, as a, as someone who writes, um, there's something about the blank page and there's something about the first step. Mm. And so I think that my strategy for this one in particular is to take the first step in all of the little things that are there because the initial scoping will help me figure out like what pieces are are not my responsibility and help other people get to work on them earlier. Mm -hmm. Or just like, you know how like when something in my to-do list is like a big task, Mm -hmm. like in theory should never be like a task on my list. It should be like five things. It should be like outline for this episode, editing for this, or posting for this. And it should always be a couple of discrete things because that unpacks the just like mounting anxiety related to like the bigger idea, right? For sure. So that's like, that's my like stealth way to like deal with this in 2017 is the procrastination, the the getting stuff done. It's always just like, I have to break things down and just do the first part of it. And that will help. I think that's a good idea. I mean, one thing that I learned to do in college um, was to basically, like, learn to trust the brain and that, like, if you start thinking about a problem or an issue, if you just start on it by writing some notes down or, like, you know, in the case of my college experience, like, picking an essay question or whatever it is, and then you sleep on it, like, your brain will work on it for you while you're sleeping, and so then it's like takes the pressure off you when you sit down later to do it. You don't feel like you have to start with nothing. That In fact, you've already like built up these layers where I would every couple of days come back to my project and do a tiny bit. And then my brain would like do more work on it while I was away. Oh my God. I love my brain. I love our brains. If that's real, it's over for me. <laughs> I only want to think while I'm sleeping and have like wake up with my epiphanies. Seriously, you should try it. It's like changed my life. I've stopped having to be so anxious about things. Okay, done. I feel like you're already helping me with my 2017. Thanks, Maria. Yay, but trust your brain because you have a really good one.
So if you're inspired by today's conversation to set some goals for 2017 or in any other part of your life, uh, we have some advice for you based on the internet. Yeah. Thank you to the U.S. government who um, (laughs) offers guidelines for how to set and keep New Year's resolutions. And I just like to throw out there that this is from kids.usa.gov. So we are taking advice that's originally meant to go to like nine-year-olds. But I think it's actually pretty good. They resonate with me, so I love it. (laughs) Okay, so we'll just like go through them. Great. So um, pick something that's important to you that's so obvious. You're going to be more likely to to be able to execute on something if it matters. Totally. They say also to make your resolution specific, which is now making me think that instead of saying I should not stop exercising, I should be a little bit more clear with myself. Like maybe make sure I do some form of exercise four days a week, um, which is now sounding like a good idea. That's exactly right. I love it. One of the other pieces of advice they have is make a plan you can stick with, which I think basically means don't be too ambitious. And, you know, be reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to say exercise seven days a week because let's be real. (laughs) For two hours a day. (laughs) I feel like there's this, like, health regimen that, like, Madonna has that I just, like, that's the elusive. That's the woman who woke up one New Year's Day and was like, I'm going to quit smoking and start exercising four hours a day and become ripped at 50. And then she just did it. But I don't think other than Madonna, other people do that. Also, let's not forget that Madonna has like a suite of carers and minders and food preparers and fitness instructors that Maria does not have money to pay. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, They also tell you to write down your goal and put it where you'll see it every day. That's, wow. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Do you want to know something bleak? Tell me. I did that in college, but, like, I never made my goals every year, so I just used the same, like, I, every year when I had to move out of one dorm into another, I would take down that list and then tape it up the next year, and, like, that's kind of depressing. (laughs) Maybe it was too long, the list. They were too ambitious, I'll be honest. Yeah, so, you know, keep it (laughs) accessible and then also write it down. I think that's a good idea. Maybe I'll try to do it. Okay. Uh, Tell your goal to someone, someone that you appreciate and respect and who can help support you, which I think is pretty great, right? Yeah, I'm doing it right now and I'm loving it. Me too. I'm telling the world. I'm telling the internet. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Confront me in early 2018 about whether I did it. No, don't. I'll start crying. (laughs) But you should congratulate yourself for making progress, even if you don't do everything perfectly every time. That's also one of the pointers. So, you know, say you don't, like, do every single thing you wanted to do, but you do a couple of them or you make it halfway. You should give yourself, like, a pat on the back for that and be proud. And remember, it's your resolution, which I'm not sure I need to know that because I fully know it's my resolution and that's why I choose to ignore it and or disrespect it (laughs) yeah if you quit that you can always start again next year so don't like kill yourself over it i think you know that's important to remember but more important for some personalities than others (laughs) agreed totally oh those remind me of like basically in like the business world like smart goals like i forgot i forgot what smart stands for but everyone who does like performance reviews knows about smart goals yeah we academics don't know about that kind of stuff because you're like well beyond it you have the discipline to write books Uh, We'll see. 2017. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, kids.usa.gov. This is perfect. (laughs) So happy 2017, everyone. Yay. We love you. 
questions, comments, ideas, we'd love to hear from you at intheorypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find past episodes and more info about us at intheory.us or on our Facebook page. If you haven't yet, make it your New Year's resolution to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a rating and review, and recommend us to your friends. In Theory is produced with the support of Experimental Humanities and Human Rights Radio at Bard College. Many thanks to our fabtastic intern, Liv Carol Hawk. Music, composition, and art design by the incredible Aaron Taylor Waldman. Thanks for listening.